to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you are listening on YouTube, subscribe to my channel. I love YouTube as a platform for my show. I'm doing a lot more stuff on here and I post stuff every single day. So subscribe, like, and share my videos if you're listening to this on a podcast app. Subscribe to my show. I post episodes every Sunday. Today, I have on a guy named Peter. Now, Peter is one of those great fucking guests that's just going to talk away. (laughs) I didn't have to ask him barely any questions. So all you people that think I interrupt too much, you will take a breather and be happy with this one because I didn't have to interrupt him at all because he just told his story. And his story is a really great one because it really is like this guy lived two separate lives. You know, he was married for most of his life and then he got divorced somewhere midlife, right? Like in his 50s. And then he started to live the swinger lifestyle. You know, he's very much in the lifestyle. He became very involved. He has nothing but positive stories to tell you about it. I claim he is like a swinger expert and he talks about it. He gets into a lot of specific naughty stories and all the stuff that went down there. He also talks about how, you know, halfway into it, he decided to then start dating again. And he's been in a relationship and he's been swinging with that partner as well. And how that is going for him and what they've done and what they want to do, like what's on their bucket list. That's one of the only questions I had to ask him because I didn't really have to ask him any questions. He goes into, like I said, so many details, so many specifics. He tells the story from beginning to end. It's super interesting. I really think you could learn a lot from this guy. He's had very positive experiences. He did at the end, This send me, talk, talk about a picture that he sent me that I'm going to post on Patreon. If you want to see one of the crazy get-ups that he has worn to a swingers club, I would go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous Podcast. All the links will be in the episode below, but you'll hear him talk about that at the end. Anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Peter. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hey, Peter, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Kathy. Really admire what you do. Good. I'm glad you found my show, Peter. You have like an interesting <laughs> story. Somewhere along like midlife, right? You really change things up. Absolutely. I'd been in a 25-year monogamous marriage that just kind of fell apart and in about uh, 2010, and we got divorced. And that was like a do-over for me. So I really put a lot of thought into how do I want to live the rest of my life? Right. And I thought I want to meet new people, but I don't want to meet them at church, you know, cause you've got a lot of community kind of stuff at churches and stuff. Not that I'm a religious or went to church much in my older life. So there's a, a 
local city weekly newspaper that had an ad out asking for volunteers for an erotic arts festival that they were putting on. And I worked for myself. And so I could take, I took about 60 hours out in a two week period. And the, the arts festival is only three days long over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I helped, you know, set up and deliver things and, and work security during the event and help take down during the event. And, you know, just met a lot of neat, cool people because there were, you know, thousands of people that are coming through the show and a lot of very neat, fun, bizarre people that were, you know, part of the show. And what I didn't realize until, you know, a good way through my volunteer work is that this was the fundraising arm for a BDSM club. Mm -hmm. And I met some people and I, I ended up joining the BDSM club and it wasn't, you know, really my thing. I had some fun there and, and whatnot. But on Wednesdays, they would have other groups come in and do a little seminar on these other clubs. And there was one that was like, that came in on a Wednesday and it was an adult social club, basically a swingers club. And they had been around for 35 years. And it was a husband and wife that owned the property and owned the, the club. And I thought, this is fantastic. So I went home after that Wednesday meeting, put an ad on Craigslist for somebody to join the Swingers Club with me because it was typically couples. They wouldn't advertise. They took singles. Later on, I found out they'd sometimes take singles, mm-hmm. but had a really neat Latino uh, woman answer the ad on Thursday. We talked Thursday. We made a date for Friday to make sure we just didn't absolutely hate each other. And then we went to the club for our first time together on Saturday. And it was a really big event. It was sort of their date night. And so there were at least 500 people there for a sit down dinner. Wow. And what was so cool about the club is that uh, you know, on a Saturday night, on a typical Saturday night, for $125, you could get all you could drink, a full, you know, dinner, and they had chefs there and all that sort of thing. And you would sit at a table with two other couples, and you could talk. So you had, you know, cocktail hour, and they had a little hors d'oeuvre area and another area, and then you'd have your sit-down dinner and some sort of entertainment, and then they had play spaces. And so, I mean, you could go even during dinner if you wanted to go into the play spaces and whatnot, but it was just really cool that this gal, you know, had a, a strict Catholic upbringing and, but she was kind of a closeted, you know, wanted to try bisexuality with women and wanted to try gangbangs. And, you know, after our dinner and, and all that kind of thing, we're getting, go into the playroom or, or go to get ready to go in the playroom and they just have one big dressing room. You know, it's, I'm as a, you know, inexperienced green pea guy, you know, going into a swingers club and going into the the locker rooms, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, girls and boys and, you know, two lockers down is just a smoking hot 10 woman just stripping her clothes off. And, you know, I'm so uncomfortable, you know, for the moment I was like, okay, they're supposed to do this, but it's like, you know, everything you learn in society and life, you know, prior is, you know, don't stare, don't look and don't, um, and, you know, so it was just a very, very eye opening. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to go in and, and, you know, start this. And the gal that I was with, she's got long black hair and really nice skin. And as we go into the play space, it is a, a mirror room where mirrors are on the ceiling. And there are two or three king size beds all pushed together in the middle of the room. And then smaller twins around the perimeter of the room. And there's a pile of people on 
you know, the middle bed there. And we've already gone through an orientation and they talk about asking and consent and permission and, you know, no means no, but yes means yes. And, you know, the dark haired, my date, you know, saw a really good looking blonde with white, white, white blonde hair. And she goes up and, and really pale skin and goes, oh my gosh, can I touch you? And she goes, yes. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, and I'm kind of the, the, she's the dog and I'm the tail that's being wagged by her, you know, as we're coming into this room with all yeah. these people on the bed that are naked. And all of a sudden to my left, I hear this guy say my name and I look over and I realize it's some guy that I'd met at some philanthropy auction somewhere that I'd met as when, when I was married. Oh and then I realized that the blonde is somebody that had worked with my ex-wife oh my and God. you know, he's, <laughs> he's put, as he's doing a gal doggy style, he kind of puts his fist out like here, fist bump me, you know? So it's just, so cool to be in there and be comfortable because now I've got friends there, so to speak, or acquaintances or whatever. And, you know, that evening I either had my dick or my mouth in 11 women that were in that room and just blew my mind that, you know, all this was happening and so many people are acceptable of this. And, you know, that was maybe an hour and a half or two hours or so. And what I learned being in the swingers club is that you just have to hold off on coming as a guy. And so, you know, I can get by that bit past that first 10 or 15 minutes. And then I'm pretty good about not being overstimulated and be able to keep an erection and, and have fun and, and be part of the group, you know? So that was my kind of my introduction to swinging, which I, and I had a smile on my face for the next week and a half. That was just <laughs> crazy. Did your girl and, get uh, to like fuck other girls? Like and live out her, fam- oh, her bisexual absolutely. fantasies? Yeah, she, yeah. Yeah. She was down in the muff of this blonde and, and other women were on her and people are touching and guys are doing her and she's sucking a dick or, I mean, it was, it was wonderfully acceptable and fun and lighthearted. And, you know, I mean, People, you know, they're laughing because they're kind of having a good time mm-hmm. as opposed to a total serious, serious, serious orgy kind of, you know, thing. And it was just, you know, once you kind of gave permission to everybody and everybody given permission to you, you know, it's like you can just you can be fucking somebody and touching another woman or, you know, and they say that they're really open about bisexuality. They're not with as far as men go. Women, you know, go right ahead. And it's just uh it's sort of an unwritten rule, no man touching. So there was no, no man touching going on during that event. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, this gal probably after about six or eight weeks kind of had her fill and you know, the, her, her Catholic guilt was just, you know, overwhelming her like a tsunami of, you know, God, I've oh, you know, God. banged all these people and I've been, <laughs> you know, being with all these women and uh, I, I yeah. can't take it anymore kind yeah. of thing. And so, you know, she kind of stopped re- uh, returning phone calls, but we had a, you know, a great time. But in the meantime, they needed volunteers at this club. So I volunteered and ended up uh, and they had parties on Wednesdays and Saturdays and through the, and it's like 13 acres and it's like 39,000 square feet was their house that they just kept adding on to and adding on to and adding on to. And again, they could have these huge dinners and when, when they weren't the club on Wednesdays and Saturdays, they were a wedding venue. And so, oh you know, that's God. how they would make, make their money. And what's kind of funny as a volunteer is, you know, Hey, you know, sometimes they'd have a wedding venue on Saturday and it's like, well, everybody has to be gone by five 30, you know, and, you know, occasionally a bride would find out that, Oh my God, I just got married at a swingers club. And, uh, 
you know, there were a couple of unhappy brides, you know, not typically, but it's just the, the whole mindset of that. Oh, my God. Of course. Imagine the bridezillas that came out of that if they ever found out. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, the owner was she, the, the woman was really, really good about it. Well, you know, if you go to a hotel, people are having sex at hotels and they're, you know. Right. And, you know, you're trying to you know, what's the difference? You know, sometimes people have sex here too. Anyway, they were just, you know, she was neat about trying to get it over it, but yeah. you know, some people that just wasn't cool with and some would cancel maybe ahead of time or, or whatnot. But, uh, and I had been to a wedding there previously, maybe 10 years previously, um, of some acquaintances of ours that mm-hmm. in the aftermath, I really laughed about it. But, um, so what was cool though, is I got to volunteer. And again, this is like six miles from my house. I didn't even have to get on the freeway to drive there. And I would go for every single party on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And I would bartend from six to nine. And then somebody else would come in to be the closing bartender. And probably at least two thirds of the time, somebody would be at the side of the bar, you know, saying, Hey, you know, when you, when you get off, let's go upstairs. I really, and I did that for almost four years. And um, I was really living vicariously through myself. I was the happiest single guy. And swinging as a single guy is so much easier than when you have somebody that you're in love with. Because you, you don't have to think about, you know, how is my partner feeling? Is everything going okay? And But I met a lot of people through OkCupid, and I filled out, every single question that they had probably on, on OkCupid and was extremely honest about what I wanted sexually in that. And then you can kind of dive deeper into the OkCupid questions when you, when you are looking at women that you'd like to be with and you can match up with all those kind of sexual questions. And so I ended up bringing 12 different women at through different times that had been in monogamous marriages that had been divorced and their kids are out of the house or, you know, at school and they don't have to think about their parents or what their mom says or what society says, you know, they're getting a do over also. And so often uh, some of these women would think that, Hey, going to a swingers club would be great. I'd love to have, you know, a bunch of men. And so I would be able to kind of be a Sherpa for them, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, have them come into the swingers club with me. And during the cocktail hours and the, the hors d'oeuvre stuff and through the dinner time and during the entertainment, I can be talking to other couples and saying, Hey, the, my date tonight is really looking for a gangbang. You know, we're going to be up in the, um, the man pit or the ball pit, um, later on, which is an area. So guys can't go into a lot of the play area without a, a female, chaperone and a female can take a couple guys up if she wants but guys just can't roam around themselves right and so this this ball pit is an area where you know the guys without dates you know can hang around and girls that want to have a bunch of guys can go you know be there to get gang banged or choose a man or whatnot so we would say hey you know we're going to be at you know after dinner we're going to go up to this area and she'd be able to kind of pre-select the guys and we'd have eight or ten guys up there and you know to be able to sit back on the bed and and hold her shoulders while guys are you know going at her and comforting her and and i know i mean comfort i know that doesn't sound sexy i don't mean it that way but (laughs) um, you know to where you know she's comfortable to really be able to let loose and know it's okay and know that she's not going to be 
that it's not going to get out of control or out of hand or nothing that, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't want to have happen, happen. And, you know, but that makes you very popular when you bring women into the swingers clubs and, you know, that, that are going to share in plus being a bartender, you got to know everybody you saw, you know, 95% of the people that are at the club are coming up to the bar for a drink, you know, ahead of time. And, you know, after four years of that, you just get to know people. And then in about 2015, this club was going to close down because the people were getting old and they needed to retire and, and, you know, they were going to sell the property to a developer, but um, another club had opened up about an hour away and it was a little bit more like kind of a nightclub-y, you know, with the louder music and that sort of thing. You can kind of talk to people the first hour between seven and eight. And after that, you know, the music's kind of loud and, and it's a beautiful facility and neat. It's, it's wasn't as cool as what I liked. Other people really liked that, but I liked the, the social interaction. Like you had that one show of the, the swinger um, group in Florida that would talk about the first half hour, everybody would talk about what they wanted and what their fantasies were. And, and that's sort of that, that interaction that I liked to be able to talk with people, you know, ahead of time, instead of just, Hey, you look hot. Let's, you know, a thumb point over to the play space. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. The new club, so they overlap about um, six months or so between one had just opened and the other's getting ready to close. And as the other one's closing, they're not open every single Wednesday and Saturday. Sometimes it's every other week, and then it's once a month there towards the end. And they had a Facebook group of those private, so you could just talk and message people, and, and they'd say what's going on on the weekends through this Facebook group. And I was going to go down to this new club. And I put an ad on there, you know, not an ad. I just put a post up on the Facebook group for the Swingers Club that, hey, I'm driving down there. Would anybody like a ride? Mm -hmm. Well, five women responded and said, yeah, we'd love to drive down with you because it's an hour away. Well, I had already been to the club previously with a date, someone that I'd met online. And we just went there once on a Wednesday and we were playing and having fun. And she didn't want to, you know, decided not to be with other people that night. And there are three other couples in this big play space and you know we kind of finished up and i blew my load and there are three other women the, the other three couples the guys also kind of blew their load but the women weren't satisfied yet and so i'm walking out with a limp dick and there are three women kind of leaning up against the wall kind of playing with them you know hey come here and it's like ah you know, it's target rich but i'm out of ammo kind of thing right and i thought i don't want that to happen again and there was a, a on the men's radio stations around here there's a, a doctor that advertises hard on medication and and all that sort of thing and 
Um, so I go, okay, I'm going to go see what this doctor's got. And it was so slimy. It was like being in a used car salesman lot. I mean, it's in a professional building with a lot of other professional doctors and stuff, but they're to sell, they're there to sell you a 2,500 or $3,000 package of, of boner medicine yeah, yeah, on I a know subscription the on a, and, and it's just like, I was so angry at them that it's like, you know, can I just try out a few of this or a few of that? And it's no. And it, um, so anyway, I walked out, but I went back in and made another reservation to go in because they had, they go, okay, well, here's your Cialis and your Viagra type stuff. And then here's some uh, pharmaceutical, it's a compounded pharmacy medication, but they had another one that was an injectable and you, they had, you know, a syringe and a little gun and you would take the the gun and put it next to your penis and pull the trigger and it would shoot the the needle in and then it would inject the the boner medicine yeah porn stars use that okay and so you can keep your heart on even after you climax with that Mm -hmm. and i thought oh man this is going to be great i will give that a try and so you know but they don't hand it to you right there at the end they've got to mail it to you and so that package arrived just before a day or two before the I'm going down to the club with the other five women. Mm-hmm. And in there, there's also a antidote for this medicine and, and a little travel kit. And so the, the bag with all the syringes and stuff is pretty big. So I just go, I'm going to take the travel kit. Here's the syringe. Here's the, the gun. And oh, I won't need the antidote. And we drive an hour down to this other swingers club and at eight o'clock I go into the the restroom and I, you know, inject this in there and I've got just a rock hard boner within just a few minutes and um, it's leather night there. So I'm just, I'm naked except for a black pair of chaps. They have, you know, black sheets on a, on all the beds and white pillowcases and white towels for everybody. And one of the gals that I brought, we go in and we're in one of the rooms and we're fucking for an hour or so. And, you know, 15, 20 minutes in, it's kind of like, Oh, I, you know, normally I'm so used to don't climax, don't climax, don't climax. And, uh, it's like, well, wait a minute, I can keep my boner after this. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and come. And that was fun. And just riding through that and riding through that after sensation time, um, you know, after the climax and having the boner. And so after an hour, it's like, well, we're going to go back out into the, the main section there. Well, I'm not used to not having your boner go down and, you know, but we're back out there and I'm, you know, it's a little odd that I've got this boner as we're having <laughs> cocktails and talking to other people yeah. and, you know, hang the towel on it for a little bit. And then we go back with another gal and, and we're fucking for about an hour and I don't lose my boner. And by then it's starting to get a little painful. And I come back out, you know, we, we finish up after an hour. So now I've had a, an erection for two hours and it's getting sore and I'm in the main area and gals are dancing and they're on the strip pole and you look at somebody and they're good looking and you get a couple of throbs in there of more blood going into your penis. And it's like, God, this really hurts. And I think this medicine is kind of like a date rape drug for your dick because the, the veins coming, the veins coming out are crimped like a garden hose and no blood is going to get out of your dick, but blood can still go in your dick. And it was just so painful. And by then everybody's kind of, you know, understands that, you know, I've, I'm you now, you know, three hours have gone by and how painful this erection is, but I've got five people there that, I can't just say, well, hey, I'm going home now and leave these women there because right. they're playing with other people. And so, 
you know, after maybe four hours, I just go out to my car and I put the seat down and, you know, my, my pants are undone and I've got a boner, you know, inside my boxer shorts. And I'm just trying to think of anything that's not sexy. And I'm oh thinking, of, you know, God. throwing puppies off cliffs or just things that are, <laughs> right. that are terrible and trying to get this erection to go away. And it doesn't, and it doesn't. And, and so finally about one thirty, all the gals come out to my car. Oh, in the meantime, though, another friend was on mushrooms and he comes out and knocks on my window and, and I open my door and, and we're talking in the parking lot. And I don't realize him for, you know, the first little bit of the conversation that he's on mushrooms and just tripping really hard. That was weird in itself. But um, uh, anyway, finally, the, the women, you know, come back out about one thirty. you know, they're, they're kind of done for the night. So we're, we're driving home and I've just got this still terribly, horribly hard erection that is painful and somewhere on the drive home it finally kind of goes down you know that helped out an awful lot <laughs> i'm assuming you yeah. never used that medication again well um i did but i got i had them change the dose because you know you go into these places and you go I don't have an erection problem. And they go, you know, right. And, you know, I even said, Hey, I'm a swinger. I'm looking for, you know, this is sports sex medicine. It's not because I don't have a boner. And so they were able to bring the dosage down substantially, mm -hmm, but I only, I only did it, you know, a few more times. And okay. I made sure when I took it that I'd have the antidote there with me, but it's not like I could drive home for the antidote. But, you know, I met so many neat people through this club and, you know, they'd have house parties and they do, you know, fun, different things. And the, at the Swingers Club, they did uh, like date night um, speed dating. And so you could have, you know, maybe, oh, you know, 50 couples on two super long tables with the women on one side and the guys on the other. And you could talk with the woman across from you for like the three minutes and they'd blow the whistle. But, you know, on normal speed dating, you can't say things like, well, how much ass play do you enjoy? Right. And without getting, you know, slapped. And, you know, someone would say absolutely nothing there or others would say, hey, I can take a bigger dick in my ass than I can in my pussy. And, you know, how much they like it or don't like it and that sort of thing. Right. But they had a, an Easter party there where they had a game and all the guys would hunt for Easter eggs, the little plastic eggs. And inside it was either a condom or a candy or some swinger bucks. And you could then spend the swinger bucks on all the women had a, a card of different sex acts and how much money it would cost if you were to purchase that sex act from them. Oh, and they could fine. cross off any of the sex acts that... You know, if they didn't want to do certain things, you, yeah. you know, you could do that. But I knew ahead of time kind of what's going on. So on my, you know, my T-shirt, I just kind of rolled it up. And other guys are, you know, they've got two handfuls of eggs. And it's like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm done. And, you know, I've got a T-shirt filled with eggs. So I had plenty of money for, for that sort of thing. <laughs> and the, the owner of the club is going, you know, Peter, go, there's this one girl here. They're from out of town. Nobody has been hitting on her. She's good looking. You know, go over and talk to her about it. And you know, so I asked her what she'd like to do and, you know, you know, first it was giving me head and then she kind of changed it to, um, uh, wanting to get on top of me with my legs thrown over my head kind of thing and then riding me out. And then another girlfriend came up and anyway, and, and started playing with me while we're having sex and people are watching. And, uh, but it's, you know, 
having these women have the opportunity to say, what do you want to do? And then they go, this is something I've wanted to do this crazy or kinky or I don't normally do or whatever, Mm -hmm. and be able to fulfill that was really awesome. So Right. And that's what that party was all about, because what they they had their not like everyone didn't have their own price list. Right. Every girl had a different one with their specifically what she wanted to do. They they would write in what they'd want to do, but then right. they had other stuff. So it could be, you know, girlfriend experiences this much or, you know, anal or blowjob or missionary yeah. or doggy or, yeah. you know, but then you could fill in, you know, the others as well. Naughty stuff. And, um, right, right. And then they didn't have to do, you know, things either. If you're not comfortable with that, they cross those off the list. You know, I was bartending there, you know, probably two years after I started to join. And this really cute, good looking 32 year old woman comes up and she's in a nice tight sequin dress with a sequin fedora that matches. And she's looking at me like 32 year olds don't look at 52 year olds. Right. And, and I'm just kind of going, Hmm, you know, but the bar's busy and I couldn't, you know, really talk to her. And she comes back later when I'm just about off work and she goes, I know who you are. And I'm going, Oh my God, I don't know who you are. Well, her mom used to bring her into a business that I had when she was a little baby, you know, oh in her mom's God. arms. And, and so then she's kind of wanting to set me up with her mom and, and other stuff like that. And, uh, but it's just neat to see the different people that you bump into, you know, from other walks of life and from people that you, you may know, you know, from previous lives and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, and it's very confidential. You don't, uh, you know, if you meet somebody else outside the club, you know, you've signed these waivers that, you know, you're not going to out anybody or talk to anybody or whatever. So you might give a head nod if you see some, you know, another couple out at a restaurant or whatever, but you don't go up and start a conversation with them outside of the club. Oh, um, that's interesting. They have uh, you sign something that says, uh, gives you those rules, regulations ahead of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they have a really long, like hour and a half, hour, hour and a half kind of orientation. You know, what's funny though, is that a lot of the couples that go into the swing club, um, I see them get stronger as a couple, you know, over the first six months or a year because they have communication, but you've got these other guys that it's like, he's been twisting the arm of his girlfriend or wife for, I don't know how long, you know, let's go swing, let's go swing, let's go swing. And so you can see where she comes in. It's like, all right, fine. I give up. I'll go do this for you. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of has that smell of death on him of, of, (laughs) you know, wanting to do this, wanting to do this kind of thing. And, but, and she's the one that'll hook up with a guy and then he doesn't have anybody and he's pissed. And, you know, those kinds of couples just, you know, don't work out. And do you see that a lot? Did you see that a lot? Uh, you know, I saw it often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, you can kind of just read the crowd after a while. You can tell what couples are in it and what couples are in it just because she's saying, okay, fine, I'll give it a try right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, and I was, as a kid, I was a real late bloomer and, you know, wasn't really sexual. I mean, I had sex the first time when I was 18 with another gal that we were the first together kind of thing. And it was a little bit like, you know, the blind leading the blind, leading the hard of hearing, Um, (laughs) you know, and it was, it wasn't until I really reevaluated stuff after, you know, my marriage ended that, you know, I want to try and do, you know, other things. And this was just a great opportunity to go out and, and have a lot of fun. So, um, there was a, another guy that, um, I'd met at the, through the BDSM club and he did fire play. 
and it would be for an audience. So you'd have a naked woman on a massage table and people would be looking, you know, in seats, um, at looking at her profile and he would be behind the table and he had little batons of fire that are soaked in alcohol or batons soaked in alcohol that he would light on fire on and off. And it's a very low burning, low heat. I mean, it's still fire, but yeah. it's a low, a low heat. Um, kind of an alcohol. And to see the artwork of him, you know, kind of setting her back on fire, but the way he moves the wands, it looks like she's got, you know, dragon scales or, yeah, you know, wild. a dragon tail or stuff. And, and the art of watching what he did with the flame was just fantastic. And he's an older guy. And as we're doing stuff at the, you know, packing out after the erotic arts festival, uh, he goes, Peter, you need to get a specialty. And he goes, you know, I'm, you know, an old guy. And I had a, an acquaintance who had an 18 year old daughter that wanted to do fire play. And her dad said, well, when you're, you know, as soon as you turn 18, you can do fire play, but you have to go do it with this other guy first, who's this old guy from the erotic arts festival. Wow. And, you know, he's going, you know, when do you have a friend pawn off his 18 year old oh daughter God, on I you? <laughs> and uh, so he goes, you, Peter, you have to get a specialty. And so I took up erotic massage and at the swingers club, there is a, uh, upstairs there's locker rooms and then there's an indoor hot tub and an outdoor hot tub and, and this ball pit area with a fireplace and a massage table. And then there's stairs going up to more play spaces. And I would get, there's one gal that just, we, we headed off really well and we're still really great friends, but she would love to be massaged with the coconut oil and she'd be slathered in coconut oil, but she was so sensitive and she came so hard so quickly for so long that as I'm in this congested area that people are walking by to the hot tubs and going upstairs and I'm massaging her and she's just jumping up and down on the table, just screaming out loud, very loud. And people think that I'm have magic hands or something and i'm pretty good at it but she also makes me look fantastic right. you know from a i want him to give me a massage um kind of thing and you know it's just fun to meet so many different people and i joined the sex clubs for the sex and what i never ever thought i would find is community and you know after that club closed you know it was it was a loss of community for myself and a lot of people you know there are other swinger clubs in the area and you know the gal that i'm with now you know we'll go to those kind of we haven't with covid um you know gone out there was a little bit of dip uh, a few months ago where a lot of people were vaccinated and we thought COVID is kind of ending. And so yeah. we did go to a couple of house parties with friends that I knew from this, these swinger clubs. Um, but now we're kind of back and I won't say lockdown, but you know, we're not out swinging around right, right, until right. things get a little bit better. You know, at this last swinger party, there's a gal, another couple that we'd known from two years before and uh, Sunday night. So it's Saturday, you know, afternoon and evening and then a lot of people will sleep over and be there on sunday and those sunday mornings out in the sun and these people have a home out in the country that you know you, no neighbors can see you so you can be out on the deck naked and in the hot tub naked and um so it's sunday morning and this one gal says peter let's do that fantasy that you talked to me about two years ago and it's like oh my gosh and it was i have had a fantasy but never gone out on it on post-ejaculation uh, masturbation. So after you come, 
you know, having people just keep masturbating you when you're extremely, extremely sensitive. And so she kind of rallies up the other troops. So there, there are four other couples there. And so one of our costumes had been some, it was a toga party was a theme. And so I kind of did the old, um, toga party with a tie from animal house sort of thing. And so they got five neckties and they tied me down to a massage table and these four women started to massage me and masturbate me and give me blowjobs. And, and as I'm tied down like a Gumby on this massage table face up, and then they blindfolded me with one of the ties. And one of the gals got up on the massage table so that she can give me a blowjob and she's pushing her pussy in my face. And, um, they just would edge me and edge me and edge me. And then after I climax, they just kept playing with my balls and my nipples and jacking me off. And, you know, I'm writhing on the table in kind of painful ecstasy, um, you know, for a good 15, 20 minutes or so. And, uh, it was just neat to have friends that, are going to go do things like that for you. But wait, when you were edging that whole time, like, were you able to come again and again? Like, what, what happened no, when you pushed through that I, time? I didn't. I would like to give that a try, but yeah. I, um, I kept my erection a lot longer than typical after coming. But I was not able. It was, edging was just getting me close to coming and then kind of stopping and, and moving. You know, when it's like, okay, we're going to make you come now. I came really hard, I think, or it felt that way. I was blindfolded. I didn't see anything. But And then they just keep, you know, masturbating me while it's sensitive and playing with the head of my dick and, and playing with my balls and a little playing with my asshole and pinching your nipples. And, you know, you're just tied down, kind of jumping around on the table because it's you're just so, so sensitive. Um, at that point in time, or I was, and they were just really game about laughing and having fun and enjoying doing it. And, you know, having that experience of that many hands all over you before you come and after you come was a treat, mm -hmm. shall we say. Question. Uh, Does anybody yes. besides me and all my listeners now know about this life of yours? Um, yeah, I've got two adult sons and they're quite aware of it. I'm in construction and run big, big, big commercial jobs. And so, you know, after my first couple of swinger parties and, you know, going to the club, you know, I would tell guys at work, I'm a single guy, whatever, you know, Hey, you know, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I went to a swingers club and I had an orgy with this many people. And oh it's God. like, I got, I got more man <laughs> points from these guys, you know, on the job. But the other thing that it gave me is it gave me confidence and it, and it wasn't just confidence sexually. It was confidence in the rest of my life. Interesting. And you know, that's something I really, really value and, and appreciate. And on a different job, you know, you'll run a job for six months or a year and then, you know, go on to another job. But there are always guys on, because you've got, you know, 30 different subcontractors that are on your jobs. Mm -hmm. And some of them know. And so then you get onto a new job and here's a guy you worked with. And before long, you know, they're saying, oh, that guy over there, he goes to orgies or he goes to swing clubs. And so in 2015, 2016, um, I'd really loved swinging as a single guy, but I was getting kind of lonely. And so I really started to change who I was looking for on OkCupid. You know, it was okay if I got out of the swinging lifestyle. And I met a gal that was not, you know, had not been in the lifestyle, but we really clicked and our sex was fantastic. And, but she did say to me, I can't see myself sleeping with only one man for the rest of my life. And I thought, 
okay, I can work with this and kind of took a year off of, you know, doing the swinger stuff and, you know, built a, a neat solid foundation with her and then went back to one of the house parties that uh, like that, that last one we just went to a few months ago with the massage table and all that is where I took her, you know, maybe four or five years ago, you know, that was just her sort of first experience. And I'm just, it's being gentle and being there and, you know, the other people, again, they're my friends and, and I knew them. And, but she had not met them before, but they were just super with her kind of slowly bringing her along being, you know, only doing what's going to be comfortable and not, you know, bum rushing her of, Hey, let's go fuck right now kind of thing. And the coolest thing is the, the look on her face the next day, driving home going, Oh my God, if somebody at work asked me what I did over the weekend, I'm going to turn red you know, because oh, yeah. um, she had a, a really great time. You know, it's just a fun. And so we're not, you know, for those four years, for me, you know, I lived and breathed swinger stuff all the time. And, you know, we don't do that now. We we dabble in it more once a month or occasionally oh, so or for her. different parties. And I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really pretty awesome. And, uh, but, you know, you need to be a little more careful and uh, with without um, crossing boundaries, you know, doing too much too quickly. You know, if there are things that she's not ready for yet or doesn't want to do ever, I just have to be very cognizant of that. It's all about trust and about communication. And and we do, you know, talk about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable or what, you know, this would be fun or I'd like to try that, but I'm not quite ready with it. Or I'd like to try that, but not with this couple or that couple, but these other couples would be fun. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, madly in love and enjoy, you know, who I'm with and, you know, and we're both good with, you know, it's an open relationship. We haven't done much, you know, singly, it'd be more typically more in the swinging aspect of it Mm -hmm. because as we got comfortable, you know, maybe doing things sexually with other people while we're not together, kind of COVID came in. And so we just haven't done any of that or much of that. Right. But because you did say in the beginning, you're like, you know, swinging as a single person is a lot easier and more fun than doing it as a couple. So I didn't realize that you are in a relationship for the past four years and have done it. So you really have seen both sides of that. I, I have. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't say that swinging as a single is more fun. I would say that you just don't have to worry about anybody else. It's, it's easier. Yeah. But as we get comfortable, it will be easy again as we're kind of at the, at the same level of comfort in there. It's, it's just something I've got to be cognizant of and, and build with her on that. And it will become, you know, where we're not having to think, Oh, is she angry if I do this or, you know, and a lot of that is more in my head. You know, I was, you know, brought up by a mom that, you know, said, would you like to wear your blue jacket or your red jacket to church? And mm-hmm. uh, instead of, do you want to go, you know, treat women nice and be kind and go slow. And, you know, there's there's room for that, but there's room for a lot of other, you know, things that women want to besides love making, so to speak. You know, we're getting on the same page, you know, pretty, pretty good. But yeah, as a, as a single, the other thing is, is for the guys that, you know, call in and you've had some callers that don't seem to have a lot of confidence or don't talk to their girlfriend or their spouse, Yeah, you know, very, very much. Or when, you know, I see that, I think that some of them kind of have chosen the, not the best partner they could have. And, you know, you get into that and that happens. You know, what I would do is just because I could drill down so deep on that OKCupid, you really can do that research and see who's, you know, what things are important to me, whether that's sexual or, or political or, 
religious or you know whatever you can dive into those things and really find out a lot more about the women before you even give them a call to say you know hey you know you're cute and and start you know chatting online and that kind of thing so it, i just think that that's important that you pick the right person yeah i think and, though, that, um, don't you think that we pick People pick very for very different reasons, you know, when they're, er, you know, younger and they haven't been married or had kids, right? I think you go into picking a partner with different things on your checklist. Then if you've been married, have your children, have all that taken care of, now you're 50 years old or 40 years old, right? And now you're back out. I feel like that checklist is going to look a lot different. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And it's because we don't have you know, the stigma of society or what you think your parents want you to do and, and, and all of the above. And to be able to really reevaluate that and say, Hey, I got a clean slate. Where do I want to go? You know, I can, I can move, I can stay here. I can, uh, you know, and, and so that was just, you know, the choice that I made and I'm really, really happy with it. You know, and again, my adult sons, you know, know what I do. How did did those conversations go? Like, I I know that they know now, but how, what did you sit them down and say, listen, sons, I got to tell you something or it just, you just Uh, threw it out there, like flip, very flippant, like, (laughs) oh, it's like, Dude, you won't believe what I did last night. Oh my God, <laughs> kind of a thing. So. <laughs> you know, but I've got a great relationship with them, and we can talk and talk and uh, you know. And now it's not stuff that I'm going to talk about in front of their wives. I mean, although their wives know, and uh, you know, a lot of the friends I had when I was married, a lot of them know. So I'm sure my ex knows also. Right. But you know, not individual stories. So the sons were like high fiving you, like it's that's. Oh hell yes, absolutely, right. absolutely. And now you know, but I live you know, with the partner that I'm with now, none of our friends, you know, that we do social things with, we've got two sets of friends. We've got our swinger friends and we've got our other friends. And and so none of, none of our other friends, you know, know what we're doing, you know, when we go out and do it, but, uh, you know, I'm comfortable with that. You know, I've just got a big shitty eaten smile on my face and, (laughs) And I'm I'm enjoying life. Let me ask you this because you're such a good storyteller. I don't really have to ask you a lot of questions, but I think, you know, you, you spoke a little while back about how telling people and swinging really changed how you felt about yourself and made you more confident across the board. Right. Yeah. Why do you think, do you have an analysis for that? Like why? (sighs) You know, I think it's just that you have so many people accepting you sexually, Mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, you know, and I'd only been with, you know, six or seven women, you know, before I started to swing and just, you know, the acceptance and, and being able to talk with people after the fact, um, or people wanting to fuck you again, uh, another day or another party. And, you know, you know, when you're approaching a woman, you're always unsure about, Oh, is she going to turn me down? Or maybe she won't like me and that sort of thing. And after you've got, you know, four years of so, you know, that's a hundred parties a year. So 400 swinger parties that you've been to, you're not worried about somebody saying no. And if somebody does say no, there's somebody else right behind her or beside her or on right. top of the her. The supply that'll say yes. and demand is different. The amount of times yeah. you're doing stuff like every, everything is accelerated. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, and these are a good group of people and we'll do, I like to do swinger stuff with my swinger friends that's not necessarily swinging. And so we've put together a hump film festival Mm -hmm. put together by Dan Savage and it's amateur porn. And they're only like five or eight minute sections and they'll have them at a movie theater. And originally it's like you turn in your, your VCR, you turn in your, your disc and we're just going to show it 
in the theater that one time when you get the disc back. But they had kind of a best of, and they're, you know, 10 or 15 little porn shorts. And so we'd get, you know, eight or 10 couples together and we'd go have dinner and cocktails and then go see, you know, the Hump Film Festival. There's another uh, lady you probably should have on your show. Her name's Dixie, and she does the Body Storytelling Podcast. Oh, yeah, I know and, that one. Uh huh. Um, she is a really cool lady, and you two would get along just splendidly, I think. But um, once a month in the city that I'm in, and she has, she's out of San Francisco, mm-hmm. but she goes, she used to go pre COVID. She had like eight or 10 cities that she would go to once a month, and they would be in a bar that had a, a stage or an area to talk, and they would have people come up and tell her these bodies. Yeah, it's like the moth. Shows. It's like the moth, which is like yeah. a famous storytelling yes. thing like that. But they're telling regular stories, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, yeah. about but about sex. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. This uh, is body is about sex, right? The moth isn't yeah. about sex, right? Uh huh. Right, but you know, so it's fun to get together with people for that. And uh, have you ever been on uh, her? Did you ever go up there? Um, I've been to many of her shows, and she just had one in San Francisco that we flew over for. It was an outdoor venue, and she was able to have a few shows. But in in the city that we're in, we would go, you know, often on these Thursdays once a month. Um, you know, we've probably been to eight or ten of her shows. And uh, um, she has applause titties, so she's kind of big-breasted, and when she wants applause, she will juggle her boobs up and down <laughs> to get the crowd to, oh God, uh, so to applaud. <laughs> and uh, But um, did you ever go up and tell a story, is what I'm saying? I, I have not. You know, no. I've thought about it. Why, and, you're such uh, a good storyteller. You just fucking talk this whole podcast. <laughs> you have so many great <laughs> stories. Well, it's just, it's fun, and it's, yeah. you know, crazy stuff and i probably have forgotten a few but um anyway i i have enjoyed it so but you just never went up there and did it on stage i haven't gone up and done it on stage you know occasionally she'll have maybe somebody cancel or they'll have a little extra time where you can kind of put your name in a hat and yeah and you know go up unprepared um and i put my name in a hat a couple times but you know haven't you know gone up and done it right and Mm -hmm. uh so uh, you know, maybe one day we'll see, but, uh, you know, several of my friends have, uh, you know, gone up there and it's, it's pretty neat and cool. And if you had to count and, how many uh, sexual part now, have you ever been with a guy or no? Occasionally, you know, uh, when I first was at that BDSM club, it was sort of a Wednesday night party and they kind of was is a mix and mingle and whatever. And, um, you know, there was a real tall woman that asked me to dance and it's like, okay. And it, I mean, the song wasn't even over before she said, Hey, let's go in the back and play. And it wasn't until we're playing that I realized that um, she had transitioned from a man. And, uh, you know, for just a, a pinch, I was a little taken back. But then I'm thinking, oh, man, dudes do this to women all the time. You cannot be pissed. And, um, uh, you know, I've had some times at the swingers club where maybe, you know, I was with one guy's wife and he was with my the girl I was seeing at the time. And she is just, you know, really hot. She's a nine or a ten. And you know, we're, we're doing it doggy style. He's kind of laying down next to us with my girlfriend or the girl I'm seeing at the time. And he's kind of reaching over to, to grab my balls or play with my thigh or whatever. And it's just that there's so many other people in the room that I wasn't comfortable, you know, running with that. Yeah. There's some other times that, you know, I've played at some of the steam rooms, but not very often. You know, I've been talking with the girl I'm seeing now a little bit, and we may incorporate that um, into some of our play moving forward right um you know and it's kind of you know 
we're kind of hedonist if you want to put a definition to it. Mm-hmm. And so if it feels good, you know, enjoy it. So I don't have very much experience with, with guys, but if it feels good, do it kind of, I mean, that's the, the old seventies line. You know, I, I think it falls into that hedonistic type mentality. So last question, what else is on your guys' bucket list? You know, you seem to have been there, done that, right? But are there things on your girl's bucket list that she wants to do? Like, what else are you guys, uh, you know, looking forward to? You know, it'll be probably finding some couples that we can do more with, both socially and sexually. I know that that's not, you know, wild and crazy and and that sort of thing. I would love to open up a an a adult social club or a swingers club. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. And, uh, you know, I've got so many people that were the activities directors and, you know, at different clubs and are friends. And, you know, how do you make this fun? And then listening to you about... Um, so at the, the adult social club that I went to that's closed, um, in the orientation, they would suggest that you do not come to the club with any, you know, I want to do this. I have to do this. or right. It's not going to be fun. You know, no expectations. And I think that that's a, a good motto. But I also think that you need to communicate what your kinks are. And I would really love to do this and I'd love yeah. to do that. And that would be fun and have the group of people sit around and talk about, here's some of the really freaky stuff I'd like to do because otherwise you just kind of don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, they talk about consent, which is, is absolutely you have to have consent, but it's, you know, can I touch you versus, um, can I hang you upside down and eat your ass and fuck you in the mouth? I mean, you know, yeah. I, um, you know, if somebody had said that early on, we'd probably have set it up. Right. It's kind of like at that Easter party where they had those, you know, that, Yeah. why can't you do that every, like, because it was so much fun, right? Why couldn't that be incorporated into something on the, on the regular, you know, instead of I, like, I oh, once a year. Yeah. Absolutely. At your Absolutely. club, it could be, because you know. It you, could be. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, that's, um, I've enjoyed talking to you, Kathy. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This is one of, I mean, I could tell two minutes into it that this is one that I could just like sit back and relax and I don't really have to have. Like, you know, a lot of times I ask the questions because they come up in my head, but when someone's really telling a good story, no questions pop up into my head because they're just, (laughs) you know, knocking it all off. So thank you for making my job more easy. You know, I'm trying not to interrupt people as much because um, I get a lot of negative reviews for that. So you, you know, I... I didn't not interrupt because I was trying not to. I like I said I didn't have to because you were like a fantastic storyteller. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? She's not interrupting me. No, I, a I'm trying not to, and but B I, you know, even if I hadn't made that note, I didn't have to with you. You were one of those, like I said, I could tell in the first two minutes that you were going to run with it. You had the story, you told it really well, you know. So there was no need for me to interrupt so i i sent you a picture just a half an hour ago before we had our phone conversation of one of the swinger uh, parties that we'd been to for our halloween party Mm -hmm. and i I was dressed as a pirate okay and i have there's like this cup with a plastic hook where normally you'd put your hand in it you've got a a hook hand as part of your pirate Uh costume but i've put my dick and my balls in that and then strapped it around my waist so i've just got this you know pirate hook as my cock and um and and dressed as a pirate no headshot on that so put that on patreon and you know maybe some of the people come and 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 look at that and uh okay i love that 55 year old dad bot was that took 
five unicorns to a swingers club. No, but I love that you gave sort of the description of what's going on, right? Because I, you know, I yeah. didn't see that pick yet, but I, I think it's great that you just promoted it yourself. You really have like that the mindset to have your own club. Like you need to do that. You just like promoted my Patreon perfectly, right? So thanks so much for that. I will. You're welcome. Post, I will post that pick up on Patreon if everyone wants to see what kind of things that uh, Peter has worn on Halloween to a swingers club or what goes down, what you might might see at a swingers club. But thank you so yeah. much for coming on. I don't know if you found me on YouTube, but I'm hoping that, you know, when this airs on YouTube, that you go on and maybe comment back to people because I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people get into conversations about the episodes and that's what I love. That's why I do my show because I love to talk about this stuff, you know. So people are going to be making a lot of comments to your episode. If you want, you know, go there and read them and respond if you can, because I feel like people are going to probably have a lot of questions for you. You're kind of like a swinger expert. Well, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I enjoy it. And and any guys that are kind of needing help, you know, getting in the lifestyle or, you know, how to act and getting that kind of that that needy stink off of them, I'd be happy to talk to them about it because it's... Well, then how, listen to what you just said. It's so ridiculous. You're like, I'm not an expert. I'm like, listen, maybe you're going to help people because people have questions. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not an expert. But if people really want help, they should ask me. Like, don't, Throw out that one sentence, I'm not an expert. I think that you actually are with all of your experience. I really do. And I think that you come to the table definitely as someone who could help other people. And I think that's great. I'm starting to do YouTube Live. So I'd love to do one on this topic one day and have you on as like my guest and you could, you know, we could, we could talk about it, you know, and you could talk on the subject. So keep that in That'd mind. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Keep that it's in a mind. Deal. Awesome, Peter. Thanks and, so much. And my sons know they're going to listen to it. Too. Oh my God. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I want them to make a guest appearance on my YouTube live because I want to ask them a couple questions. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. It's a deal. All right. Thanks, thanks Peter. Bye. 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 Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.